Hey, y'all, this week's episode is brought to you by Mojo Stomp Boxes. Mojo Stomp Boxes is Australia's premier retailer for vintage, used, rare, and otherwise strange guitar gear. Right now, they're giving you free international shipping on pedals and $60 Australian international shipping on guitars. Are those those dollary dues I've been hearing about? Those are dollary dues. Right now, they got stuff on their site like a 1970s Boss CE1 Stereo Chorus Ensemble or a Boss NF1 Noise Gate. They also have a 1970s Concord Mustang. They have a lot that was of hot. like. MIJ stuff. There's an Electa oh, Japan is that a Wilshire? Telecaster, a 1970s J- uh, Japanese ET 270. Damn. It's another Epiphone. It's a lot of really cool stuff on here. I mean, uh, I go, go look at this out. stuff just to see cool stuff. Yeah, it's a really great website, uh, mojostompboxes.com. You don't need a code when you check out, you just select the shipping option that makes the most sense to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mojo Stomp Boxes, for supporting the show. You're watching or listening to 60 Cycle Hunt, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, and playing podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve. And this first ad was sent in. By me, some, by Dan Pratt. Oh yeah, Dan Pratt posted it. I felt like it was me because I went and watched the video for this thing. <laughs> yeah, Dan Pratt posted it to the group. I've seen it posted around a few other places. Uh, people are going like crazy for these videos online where people bank guitars out of other stuff than you would expect, like the ramen noodles one, the crayons one. Uh, colored pencil one. This one is guy builds iPhone out of a hundred and or guy builds guitar out of 107 iPhones. Yeah, that's a lot of iPhones. Like, let's do the math real quick on the front count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I'm, I'm counting like 20. We'll say 20. Mm-hmm. I guess it looks like there's maybe five layers of phones. So I guess that makes sense. Um, go watch this video, track it down. Uh, some Russian dude or something. It looks incredibly harmful to the health of everyone around this happening. Like aren't phones like full of all kinds of like rare metals and like nasty chemicals. Well, he at least took the batteries out. Like you got to do well, that because yeah. the battery gonna explode and kill And I you. think he de-screened them so he wasn't cutting through glass and stuff. Mm. But he he basically glues together a bunch of phones into a big brick and then cuts them with various tools like routers and uh, uh, angle grinders and band saws. And the whole time, just like metal dust is flying everywhere. This doesn't look that bad to me. This is, looks way It gets worse. Than, oh, it gets worse. Steve okay. is watching it right now. Uh, when he gets into the angle grinder type stuff, like it gets worse. But to me, it just looks like a huge health hazard, the construction of this thing. And I guess now that I'm watching it again, like you're not seeing his face. Are you going to like, you're going to have to put this right here. Yeah, I'll put it in there. I'm, I'm hoping he was wearing a mask or something while doing this. And then the finished product, I mean, you can kind of see the screen grab that I put on our iPads. Like, the edges are not dressed in any way. Like, he didn't put, like, clear resin around the edge or, like, a plastic thing around the edge. 
Yeah, see, when he gets, he starts like flaking these things out with a saw or whatever, it starts to get really gnarly. Like, I would not want to be, like, remember that guy who would do Will It Blend? Yeah. And he'd always like be like, don't breathe that. That's diamond dust. Yeah. <laughs> or that's phone dust. Like, that's got to be this disclaimer here. Like, don't breathe. No, any dude, of this, they're guys. definitely wearing glasses at this point, and they're wearing. Were uh, they wearing masks? They're wearing like not just masks, but they're wearing like full on respirators, like respirators. You know, I wouldn't want that stuff around my skin. Like, I know he took the batteries out, but there's still got to be nasty stuff in there. It looks like it's just like all the cases are completely empty. It's just the metal. They're not completely empty. There's still guts in there. There's still guts. There's some glass. Yeah. I'm surprised they're doing all this drill work with no uh with no gloves. Yeah, yeah. Nice putting those pickups in. I'm I was also wondering if this is an advertisement for those pickups because they were very specific about the uh Oh yeah. The the brand name of the pickup. Copper guitars and something. Yeah. I'm assuming it's Russian or Ukrainian or something like that. Also, the, the way the neck is painted is super funky. Like It looks like spray paint, like silver. Ugh, why are they using elixirs? <laughs> yeah, don't they know who our sponsor is? D'Addario with their new, <laughs> uh, their new strings here, the XT strings. Why would you use elixirs when these exist? This looks pretty sick, I gotta say. You like this? It looks super uncomfortable to me to play. Yeah, it's obviously an art piece, Ryan. I like kind of the like the Tetris, Tetris brick quality of the final front of the I product. I mean, they got one of the guys from ZZ Top playing this thing no, at the end. Don't. And it, actually, that guy plays a pretty nice little piece there on this guitar, and it sounds fun. It sounds like a Telecaster. It's got that twang to yeah, it. Yeah, it should. Yeah, and it's made out of should have that aluminum, r- right? Have a really bright. Are iPhones tone. aluminum? I think so. Probably mostly aluminum. But it probably feels and plays fine, but that that open edge, like I just Yeah, that open the open edge would not be comfortable I to play. I just feel like this guitar is gonna give you cancer. Is there a risk there of that? Like the chemicals and stuff inside the components? Like I don't think these were all the way gutted the way you thought. I think there's still circuit boards and stuff inside these. I don't think you're I don't think you're at any risk for getting cancer from these phones. Well, maybe if they were all like functional and all turned on and making phone calls at the same time, they would give you testicular cancer or something like that. <sighs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Just feed that conspiracy theory train. <laughs> Do you remember when there was a video going around where like five people put their phones in a circle on a table with unpopped popcorn kernels? In between them, and then they like all their phones started ringing, and the popcorn kernels popped. Do you think was that real or was that no? Was that it was debunked? fake. It was completely debunked and completely fake. I don't know, dude. I think this video is cool. I just uh, hope this wasn't like just terrible pod pod. It was pretty terrible pod. No, I think people are gonna like this. I think it's gonna just... look. I think it'll look good on YouTube. I think people are gonna like this pod. This is a good pod. All right, uh, how much would you pay for this? I would not pay for this. Uh, I would uh, lease it. Oh, this is the same guy who did the ramen. Um, is it? Yeah, the same guy who did the ramen noodle guitars. Well, the ramen one looked cooler than this. I assumed the ramen one was going to be the same guy who did the colored pencil one and stuff. Apparently not. I mean, people saw that and they you know, got all sorts of ideas in their head. Now everyone's making guitars out of everything. So who knows? Maybe they'll discover the next tone material 
and it'll be Samsung Galaxies. This is uh, this guitar is Nokia's. This guitar is twelve thousand five hundred dollars on Reverb. What? No, it's got to get cleaned up on those edges and have something to make me feel a little safer to be. He also grand. has a nineteen sixty three Fender Jazzmaster for sixty six hundred. Uh, a 2013 Fender Telecaster Double TV Jones Custom Shop for 4300 and a Lawson microphone for 1700 All right. Whatever. The original listing price on this guitar was $990,000. I want to see one of these made out of Nokia's, and it'll just be, like, indestructible. Are they hollowed out? You're looking at the they side shot. They look pretty hollowed out to me. <sighs> I don't know, man. It looks like it. I something about it makes me really nervous. Like the the thought about being around. I mean, it looks like sharp. Gutted electronics does not make me feel good. Maybe I'm overreacting. Am I overreacting, guys? To this, is this fine? I think I think you are. It just feels like industrial waste. Who's right? Maybe I have. Maybe I have some irrational. Okay, take it to the comments. Technology fears here. Um, I'm gonna put a link to the video so you guys can watch it. Um, tell us what you think. I'm not saying it's a good, good, good playing guitar. I'm not saying it sounds good. I'm not saying I would want to own this. I'm not saying you should want to own this. I'm not saying it's not going to slice your leg open if you're trying to play this in shorts. Right. All I'm saying is I don't think this guitar is going to give you cancer. Which guitar is going to give me cancer? No answer, huh? You should have seen that one coming. Uh, maybe those, maybe those green acrylic BC riches. Yeah, maybe I think those are actually made with nuclear okay. waste. <laughs> oh, we're all gonna get cancer from nitro guitars. We're all gonna find out it's super bad for you to even be in the same room as nitrocellulose, and that's what's killing us all slowly. Killing me slowly with <laughs> nitro. It'll be locking tuners. Locking tuners cause just an awful disease oh my gosh and we should have all just you know we flew too close to the sun we should have just accepted regular tuners let's be honest uh playing guitar is in general is probably just contributing to the american obesity epidemic <laughs> there's all these people who every morning they get up and they're like i should go work out today Nah, I'm just gonna play guitar. I'll just play guitar and just slam Totino's pizza rolls. <laughs> hey, mom, where's the pizza rolls? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't have to grease up my strings. I just use those sweet, sweet rolls. Get my fingers all greasy, slide up and down that neck. Woo! <laughs> all right, man, what's new? Uh, I, uh, speaking of the obesity epidemic, I think I'm the whitest I've been in a long time. I stepped on the scale this morning. I was uh, 204.5 or something like that. I think I was like 210 last time I weighed myself. That's why your pants aren't staying on. Pants are just flying off, guys. They're just slippery. That's why you have two kids. (laughs) What's new with with me and with you is that this is our 299th episode. Yep. Not, Not including like special little extra things or whatever. Like the episodes we keep track of as being official episodes. Mm hmm. 299 man and you know when you think about it, that is even you bring up an uh a useful point we're about to enter point. our third season <laughs> what i don't know <laughs> um is that sorry i gotta take the headphones off it's too warm in here oh shoot um is we do have like all those episodes where it's like five episodes but i counted them all as one episode right 
That was the way I just decided to track. Oh, those. officially we have like four hundred, five hundred recordings or whatever. I don't know if it's that high. We have six thousand recordings. Six thousand. Yeah, yeah. Sixty nine thousand four hundred and twenty recordings. Yeah, that's how many we have. Sixty nine thousand four hundred twenty. Yeah, perfect. Nice. Good or is it forty two thousand and sixty nine? I'm not sure. One of those. <laughs> Nice. Um, so yeah, our next episode is going to be the big three Oh Oh yeah. We got a bunch of special guests on to, we, uh, we, I mean, we should say we've already recorded it. Yeah. We already <laughs> recorded it. Um, we got a bunch of special guests on some local, uh, some local potters, some YouTube personalities, some people sending in stuff Yeah, from faraway lands. Uh, it's, it was good times. It yes. was good times, good hangs. So check that out next week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, part of my what's new is that. Hold on. Did you actually participate in the episode at all? Yeah. Remember, I did the last one. Who'd you do it with? Everyone. Everyone was in the room behind me. Uh, was I in the room? Maybe not. I don't know if I was. All there. right. Maybe Steve wasn't here. I was in one of them, but it's like gonna be the last one. I was in one also with. Another one other person. Basically, we had a bunch of guests come in and do ads without us. And then Steve jumped in on one. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's going to be really cool. But uh, uh, Sean Pierce Johnson was one of the guys over here. And a, a bunch of people brought pedals. And we did like some pedal swapping and yeah. trading and whatnot. And I traded uh, two pedals mm-hmm. for this Beatronics guy right here. I forget what the model name is. The Buster, the, right? The Buster. Is it? It doesn't say on there. It says something. Oh, in, it's like, the it's the uh, Octa or Wakta Hell. Wakta Hell. That's what Wachta that word hell. is. Yeah, the Wakta Hell. So I'm pretty stoked about that. I still need to plug it in and check it out. But I love everything Beatronics. They make just the coolest cases and the coolest yeah. hardware and everything like that. Every knob is different. Every switch is different. Every case paint is different. Like this one even looks. Like relics different than the other ones. It looks like Sean might have put like two sided tape on here or something at some point. <laughs> but I'm excited to try that out. It was fun to do a trade. Uh, I also lent a bunch of guitars to people. I lent two yeah. guitars to Sean Pierce Johnson. Dude, I lent... you're basically just saying who all the guests are. I know. I've said Sean. I said Sean. Okay. Oh, I thought you were just going to go down the list. Of no. Like... And then I lent one to to RJ uh, from Tele Talks and the uh, Just Surprise and the Me Just Surprise Me podcast. Yeah. So I'm not going to mention anyone else. All right. All right. I'm not going to mention anyone else. Bob Taylor was not here. It wasn't like our 100th episode. There were no burritos here, only tacos. We did talk. I cooked tacos, guys. We drank all of the beer. <laughs> we had a 30-pack of Tecate. Two we, growlers from Burning Beard. We had like a 12-pack of Red Stripe. And three cans of Alpine something i didn't get any of the alpine there was only three cans Oh, okay they were little cans and then we got into some of that peanut butter whiskey <laughs> we had a good time guys so uh look forward to next week the 300th episode i don't know if i'll even be able to fit it all into one episode i might have to do a main episode and then some highlight uh extra bits that i published throughout the week because we recorded a lot of stuff all right so uh you have anything to add to that new your what's new that's all i got what also I got is uh, this two turntables and a microphone. Yeah, this episode is uh, sponsored by Dario XT strings. I talked about them last time. They're on Ryan Strat. Uh, they are a combination of the greatest, latest, greatest technologies at Dario. Uh, they're an ultra thin. They have an ultra thin coating, like what the EXP strings have. 
but like super, super thin, so thin you can you really can't tell it's there. Like that was my impression when I put them on today. I put the strings on as I'm pulling them out. Like these don't feel coated. These feel just like strings that have like a light like oil treatment on them. That's or right. Like and that. that technology is fused with the uh, the carbon steel core of the NYXLs and the fusion twist. Also, something we haven't mentioned before: new technology in these strings. These strings are sentient. That's right. These strings uh, experience complete self-aware thought and emotion. So, so if you suck, they will break. <laughs> no, I mean, you want to bring emotion into your playing? These strings have it. They're chock full of emotion and intelligence. And don't let them get near your Wi-Fi router, though. <laughs> it's a Skynet situation. Your Wi-Fi router. I definitely <laughs> heard you say don't get, don't let them get near your wife. That either. They will seduce like, her. Yeah, these strings are emotionally aware, unlike us. <laughs> More emotionally aware than either of us, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so go check them out, the uh, Diderio XT. Um, don't just take it from us. I've only seen good reviews. Not saying there aren't less than good reviews out there, but the vast, vast majority of reviews I've seen already on these strings, people just love them. Get on Yelp. See what people are saying. Say yeah. if the service is good, if the food tastes good. I mean, these strings... Try have, a... I think they have good service and a good taste. Try a... What's it? Annie's? What's the... <laughs> Annie's Bakery. <laughs> no, what's the one that's... What's the online... Uh, online for if you want, like, a handyman... They say is like the one you should go on. That's not oh, Angie's list. Angie's list. Yeah, we read about these strings on Angie's list. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, yeah, that's this, right. Uh, Sign up for like a contractor review service so you can find out if these strings are good. This uh, topic was sent by um, Matt Tobin. He says, "Is the popularity of guitar podcasts and the proliferation of large companies sponsoring them, such as Sweetwater, Diderio, Manscaped? Why does he pick on us? I feel like." Th- I feel personally attacked. Right uh, going to compromise their core mission, which is to speak honestly about gear on the market, presumably. Well, uh, now, I mean, I think now he's definitely set. not talking about us. So, oh my gosh. Why is he uh, switching the script here? He does say you could have disagreed with that as a core mission. I just want, I just know uh, we, like the general guitar population, doesn't take reviews seriously in guitar magazines because. Guitar oh, magazines sure. are very well known for their pay to place. Everything gets an editor's pick award. Yeah. Well, it's not just that, but it's like literally the number of manufacturers um, that we've post seen post about or just talk about the fact that like they, they, um, what, what popular guitar magazines will do is they will send a product or right. they will request product. And then they'll say, oh, wow, this product was great. And they'll put it in a, or they'll write like a blurb. It says, new product from, you know, Acme Pedals. This is a super cool distortion. And then you go, then the builder writes them and says, oh, wow, you know about my pedal. Super cool. Or they write the builder and say, hey, we did a little write up on your pedal. Super cool. And then the builder's like, oh, thanks so much. And then they sit right back and say, oh, would you like us to do like a full page, like a in-depth dive on your company? And you're like, oh, well, that'd be super cool. I want everyone to know about my company. Right. And then they say, all right, great. Well, um, we have like an opening for July, uh, which is, you know, like eight months away. Um, and But we think we can get you in there. Would you be interested in buying uh, eight months worth of 
full page ads. Right, right. Between now and then, you know. So, well, pe- I mean, I so think- people will be excited when your uh, full page or when your four page insert comes out. I think you you painted a, a big story there, but I mean, long story short, like it is ad space trade for reviews with. I I definitely yeah I definitely know that I have heard builders basically get that first part where it's like hey right right we want to do a write up about you also this is what our ad rates are and then the builder sends a response that says well I don't have a marketing budget right now but I'm interested in doing the feature and the magazine just ghosts them ghosts completely ghosts them yeah like no reply just full pack man right right. Full Pac-Man. <laughs> Ghosted. <laughs> um, let's rewind it a little bit here. What? What? How did he word it? What do you think our, our core mission is? Um, is that the wording he used? Yeah. So, like in, in your idea, what's our core mission? Man, I'm just here to have a good time, pick up women. Oh, my gosh. Do all the drugs. Lift with your knees, man. Huh? When you pick up women, lift, oh. lift with your knees. Um. Well, what's he your, says to speak honestly about gear on the market. That's what he thinks are core, uh, core. I mean, what, we talked about what is the verbiage he used? The core goals, the core, core mission, core mission, core mission. Yeah, what do you what do you think our core mission is as a media institution, as a podcast? I think you should just speak for the podcast, and then I'll speak for the demo channel. Sure, I'm the one that does um, that work. I I just to that assumption, I think that's fair. I think we make fun of a like. Our niche is used gear, and so we have the leeway, I think, to make fun of it a lot more. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of times we're not going after the product itself. We're going after the person selling it or, you the know, the terrible the, thing that happened to it. Or, yeah, or, or what, you know, whatever the state and condition is. Um, I think when we do like a what's new, um, you know, if I get a new pedal and it sucks, like, honestly, like, I'm not, if I get a new pedal and I think it sucks, like, I'm just going to sell it. I'm not going to what's new. Or maybe, or maybe I get it. I'm like, yeah, I got this and it just wasn't for me. Like, I'll just leave it at that. Sure. And say, oh, it just wasn't for me. I think in general, both of our attitudes towards pedals are that we've never been like, oh, this pedal sucks. I've never heard you make that argument behind the scenes or on the yeah. show or whatever, because we tend to just be like, oh, it's either for me or it's not for me. Like for a pedal to suck, it has to be non-functional. Like it has to be broken, right. you know, like, right. like most most gear is like pretty subjective mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of where we live in our mentality like we don't neither of us are like oh les paul suck because uh leo fender had it figured out like that's not the type of personalities we are like we don't go like oh this guitar sucks because it's not metal enough or whatever like we're just very kind of like open-ended and and just interested in everything in general even if it's not for us i i would say that in times in the past where listeners have thought we were being disingenuous, a lot of those times I think there was like a deadpan tone that just wasn't sure. conveyed where we thought we were telling a joke, like a really dry joke. Right, right. And it just it didn't come across that way. Um, I do, you know, when we have done like tried to do like really honest reviews of products because the manufacturer was like, just do an honest review. Uh, and we've done it. It was like, well, did you try this? Did you, you know, we got all this pushback of like, well, you, what was you, this? you demoed this wrong. Like, Are you, you talking about those cables? I'm talking about those cables. <laughs> <laughs> did we miss Otter Day this year? 
I, Otter Day hasn't happened yet. When is it? Wait. Is it in November? I don't know. I thought it was like October 19th or something like that. Maybe we did miss it. Oh, well. It's faded from our memories, um, which I think is success. We've successfully talked about otter things for long enough. Yeah. Uh, but so, now here we are talking about those stupid cables again. Uh, but that was like a special situation. That was totally different. It's it's. I can't think of any other builder that's given any instructions to me as far as like demo channel goes. And for like, uh, I mean, the episode sponsorship for the podcast is different because that's more like a straight ad in a magazine. That's three not a years review. ago, today, the day of recording. Three years ago today was when I signed oh my on behalf of the podcast that that uh, agreement God for that episode. Three years that. ago today, it actually came up. I, I was like, that came, actually came up on my thing. So I, I think Otter Day was like a few days ago. Yeah, we missed it. Like mid-October. It just didn't happen. Um, no one remembers anymore. We have too many new audience members. So I think, you know... I think our core mission is to be talk candidly about gear and to talk candidly about our experiences with everything and just our, you know, even when we're like looking at a a product, like the phone guitar, like that's based on some experience that we have had, not necessarily again with the phone guitar, but just with good guitar design in general. And what we're saying, and even like you, like I watched the video right now with no audio but you said like, yeah, it sounded it sounded great in the video. It just looks really uncomfortable to play. Right, right. And also, it might give you cancer. <laughs> now, you I know, didn't say that. If you are listening to this and you're like, Ryan's review of this product that he's never even played is that it will give you cancer. Like, then maybe you're listening to the wrong gear show. Yeah. Well, here's here's my breakdown of what I think our core mission is as a podcast. I'm not talking okay. for the, the demo side of, of our YouTube thing or whatever. Um, my core mission is the, as doing the podcast is to be entertaining. So failed one. <laughs> and to, to foster an audience that fits kind of like our view of the world. Like we are semi successful. We are, uh, What's the term I use? Wasps? No, no, no. Uh, uh, shoot, it was there and then it's gone. Entitled? We're, no, you're Privilege. going completely the wrong direction with what I'm trying to communicate. <laughs> We're trying to foster an audience that is, you know, kind of sees the world that we do, and uh, we can gather in the snowflakes, like a community of people that. Uh, or kind of yeah, kind of see the musical world that we do, and aren't necessarily kind of like what the the run of the mill like kind of guitar mags push as guitar culture. Like, oh, everyone wants to read another piece on Hendrix or another piece on Clapton right. or another piece on piece on SRV. Like, we're we're like, oh, we just like playing guitars, and we you know come from maybe more alternative background or something like that. So I think like kind of fostering a different kind of guitar community is part of my core mission yeah and then part of my core mission is to make this marketable because we spend a lot of time on this and we have uh fostered this audience that is i think valuable to sponsors if they want to market to our audience Mm -hmm. and i think that's important but i don't think that involves any sort of like selling out the way we like to talk about guitars or the way we like to talk about brands in general uh, I think we've even, you know, had enough of our own fun with, you know, 
the brands that have sponsored us. Yeah. Like yeah. we can kid around well, and, and, we can and have fun. And that has been a big part too is, is I think the, for us, the biggest influence of, at least for me, I'll speak just for me. Sure, I think sure. the biggest influence of having sponsors that are bigger that, you know, that we that are big enough that we're like, oh wow, that's a that's a that's a where that where is this coming from? Um, and like kind of surprising because we still feel. Well, I mean, we're in my garage. It still feels like we're small. I mean, we've built a set and everything, but it's like it doesn't feel. We don't f- feel like we're a big magazine or something like that. And yeah. to have I, the Diderios, so I would say, and the yeah. Sweetwaters of the world come to us is is very surprising. Right. And it's and a flattering. very and it's a very different experience. Um, Versus, again, just being candidly like. Having Chase Bliss as a sponsor is is incredible, and the work that we've been able to do with Joel over the course of, of you know, two hundred and ninety nine episodes of the show because we we've been working with Joel in different ways well, for a really long time. Well, I, I'd say that the the pedal builders world was instantly open to this sort of format for advertising. Right, and, but so all I'm saying is like so that has always felt like it's we are have kind of getting a business off the ground here and they have a business right. and we are the marketing wing and they are the product, like a manufacturing wing. And so they are manufacturers who need marketing. So they sure are coming to us. So it's kind of a mutual, but it's like a, it's not obviously it's business, but it's like, there's a personal relationship. Whereas Sweetwater was kind of out of the blue. Like Daddario was kind sure. of out of the blue where it's like, I didn't, we didn't know anybody personally at, to Dario, like before right. we didn't have yeah, any did. way to like contact their marketing team or whatever. Like, so, so that's kind of different. And so for my perspective on that is when we started getting those where it's like people that uh, we'd never met who are asking for marketing. Like, I think the thing that for me that changes shows just trying to tighten things up a little. Yes. Like to in put terms on, of put on a better, more entertaining show and tighten up kind of the, style and the production yeah, quality. I don't know if that's actually happened at all. I think we keep intending to tighten it up and certain things feel more professional now, but like we're still doing the same dumb show we've always done because it's literally all we need know how to do, you know. Yeah. And then as far as like the demo side of it, like I th- feel like that's the place where people probably need to care more about what Sure. I'm saying or presenting with the products. My core mission has always been to just present like if I'm doing a pedal demo, just to present it as it is, I don't do a lot of post processing on those. I pull, mm-hmm. I do like a, a a high pass filter so that I don't rumble people's studio monitors when they're listening on their big speakers or whatever. Um, I very rarely ever do any compression, especially on drives and fuzzes like that. Like I use compression to boost up. Um, like if I'm doing a reverb or delay, it'll boost the trails a little bit so people can hear those a little better. Right. Uh, But you could do that from the mix knob on the pedal as well. Um, So I feel like that's not a misrepresentation, but it really is my goal to like show just what it sounds like through amps that you can see with bad playing (laughs) and people can make their own decisions. And if I feel like I have something personal to say about it, I will be like, oh, I like it. I like this feature. I like, you know, this certain kind of sound or something like that. A lot of times people are watching my face for my reactions and they can tell a lot through that because i'm not an actor i don't know how to fake facial expressions if i did i'd look a lot better most of the time (laughs) but uh you know i i feel like our core mission is 
I I feel like we're uh, we're pretty honest. We're pretty on the level. We're not trying to fool anyone. I mean, we we want to be a resource for people to market through so that we can make some money right. and make this worthwhile for us. But I don't think that's bad. Um, but I also th- I feel like uh, we don't let that kind of color the way we present anything. So I don't know. I, if also, you, if you I think- also don't think to this point, I will say, like, I don't think we've had any sponsors who have asked us to talk about a product that we haven't in a misleading way tried or in a misleading way. Sure. Um, so, you know, again, pulling back a little bit, you know, when when a company approaches us and says like, hey, we want you to talk about, you know, this sale we're having. It's a sale. Like, it's simple. Like, you're, you're, you either, like, it, we're just getting the word out. Go check it out. I can't tell you whether or not, like, a pedal company having a, giving you a 15% discount for 60 cycle hum makes their pedal affordable for you. Right. Yeah. And I guarantee you, like, you know, if we did one for some companies that 15% off with 60 cycle hum the discount, like, there's always going to be that one person or the, you know, that group of people that's like, even with 15% off, that brand is way too expensive. And it's like, yeah, whatever. You can't do anything about that. Yeah. I mean, it's something I, I avoid in the demos is I avoid talking about the price of things yeah. because I don't know what people's financial situation is. Like, I don't know what's affordable or not affordable for you. Like, we don't know if you're making $19,000 a year, a month, (laughs) a month, a month, or a year. You know, like good old Paul Reed Smith thinks is the norm or the average. Yeah, I I think it will be interesting. You know, oh, we just lost a PRS sponsorship. I know. I I I felt it in in the force. I think it would be interesting in, um, and there's no way to know. Actually, you know, the, what, where it would be interesting, and, and maybe it's actually changed their show more, and, and this is where things get like Patreon driven. Is like this. I think this would be a much more interesting question for the guitar nerds. Mm. One because they do like the they do the stuff with. Um, also, they're employed. A A tune or whatever it's called. Um, whatever it is on their podcast that puts like Legoland commercials. Oh at the right, beginning. right, right. Yeah, and like I forgot what the one that I was listening to most recently but it puts like the manscaped commercial like the manscaped spot we did to total shame per sure, I sure. Think, because it's just so jarringly different i would not um, I and mean, that's we, not a knock because I, yeah. I get why they're doing it and i think that's part of like the podcast like podbean will do that with us if we wanted to well here's here's the question like what is more what is best for our audience for us to have sponsors that are completely unrelated to the gear industry. So we're not, you know, pushing, uh, you know, one gear brand over another and we're just pushing, you know, pube trimmers and stuff like that. Purple mattresses or whatever. Right. Or is it better for our audience for us to be talking about sponsors that are gear oriented and it's more entertaining in my opinion, because it's on brand for us. It's stuff that we care about. It's stuff that we can interact with. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think? Like it, which one is, is a healthier, uh, situation for our audience. That's, I mean, that's interesting because as I, as I think about that and like process that one of the thoughts I had is, you know, this goes back to, um, listener supported like listener supported programming versus right 
versus you know advertisement advertisement supported like marketing supported programming um and you get a combination i mean there are a lot of channels that are primarily um listener supported but they still take like the big name ads um you know and i and what you probably don't ever would not ever see from anyone that I, I mean at least that i can think of on the podcast I mean, maybe someone's done it i don't know is get to the like, point man if a podcaster came out and said hey you know what like right now i'm taking these ads because i really want to make this product for you and i think i make a really good product and if my patreon level gets to this point then i will cut all of my sponsors right and i you know is that even feasible? Is that like a totally insane idea? That's Maybe. not the way I think about it at all, though. Like, I mean, our, we're every every different show is specific about how they use their money. Like, yeah, we've always said that the or Patreon money is for the development of the show, for to cover travel costs and uh, 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 production costs, like cameras and microphones right. and and building sets and and whatnot, and and providing food for events. Like the Patreons paid for the food. That was at our 300th episode party. Um, things like that. Things that wouldn't normally be a financial burden for us to produce the mm-hmm. show. And then there's a split from that where the uh, the sponsorship money just goes into our pockets. And that's like us making a profit for right. our, our personal selves. Uh, because we're the ones sitting in front of these mics and and doing that. Right. You know? Where like I if if all of a sudden we were making the same amount... Or more through the Patreon than we are through sponsorship, I'd just be like, well, that increases our ability to produce the show. And we're going to keep doing sponsorships and we're going to keep growing that because I do want to be a source for sponsorship and for advertising and right. things like that. I there's Something about that is exciting to me as someone who has a marketing and an advertising and a design background. Mm-hmm that's where my headspace is. Well, and I think to that too, like you said, you asked like what benefits the, the, you know, these people, Yeah, this has become uh, a long topic. No, but. I know. Well, that's why I didn't want to do it last episode. <laughs> um, what, you know, what benefits are, are base more. And it probably is to keep like industry based sponsors going because the reality is, is like what, what benefits are customers more building relationships between us and different brands or, you know, building relationships between us and mattresses. Right. Right. And like we did, we did manscaped because they hit us up and it's like, okay, well let's try this. This is going to be interesting. I think it was a fun, fun was way a, to test the water. It was a fun departure. See what that looks like, but I just don't think that a podcast our size is marketable through that sort of like more traditional big podcast sort right. of thing. Cause they want to do, um, they want to do every like compensation. That's all link based. Yeah. And they, people were saying they tried to use our code and it didn't even work. Right. So it's like, I don't think they're ever going to hit us up again. If they do, that's fine. It was a fun sponsorship spot to do, but I'm, I much prefer to, it feels more natural and more honest, honestly, for me to talk about, Chase Bliss or Daddario or even Sweetwater. I mean, we vet, you know, these sponsors are they're sponsors that we believe in for, you know, right. the vast majority of time. Like yeah. we have real experiences with them. So 
I don't know. And even if we don't, we build relationships and we get to figure them out and stuff. And then every now and then we have a, a boo-boo where we do the gear supply co thing. It's true. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, a company folds and does bad stuff and leaves everyone in the lurch. Uh, I think the real, you know, I think until you get into like full episode sponsorship by single manufacturers. Oh, so, okay. Perfect. Sure. Perfect example. Perfect example. Um, if somebody, if I'm online and somebody says, Hey, where do you guys shop online? Like, should I check it? Like, what do you guys think? Like, should I buy from musicians friend or Sweetwater? Like, I'm going to say Sweetwater. I'm going to say Sweetwater because I do actually think Sweetwater is better to buy from than I Musicians have, Friend. I would have said that so quick pre right. being sponsored. But also, like, that's part of a thing. But if I didn't actually, like, like that product, you know, I don't think that that there's any... Well, and thirdly, like, you're talking about buying something from a company. So it doesn't... In my mind, like, it doesn't matter. Well, Versus, like, if we were sponsored by, like, a big pedal company who was like... We're your pedal sponsor now, period. Right. You know, and you can't talk about any. And other you pedals. can't talk about any other pedal. So you know, that would suck. I think. You know, if I'm just throwing, so okay, say Boss because they're they're so ubiquitous, and now all of a sudden, like Boss comes in and said, like, oh, well, you were doing an ad for um, a clon. And you told your audience that you think $3,000 for a clon was ridiculous, but you didn't say that instead of buying a clon, you should just buy a Boss SD1 Wazacraft. I was going to say SD1 too. Um, you know, at that point, like, yeah, obviously, like, that's a level of control. If that that's was like the reality, insane. if that was the reality that anyone in what we do had to work with, then I wouldn't do it. Like, that's. I mean, that's like, you know, oh, like at that point, it's, you know, Wayne, it's, Wayne's world level. stuff. Right. At that you know? point, it's boss presents 60 cycle hum. Right. Right. And I think that's the level at which um, I'm not against. You know, it becomes untrustworthy. And that goes to the idea going back to the idea of magazines. The difference, you know, we go back and forth. The most sponsors we've ever had on a show at a time, I think it was we did five once. Yeah. And it was just like it was pushing it felt really crammed. Uh, we try to space out like. This is so much behind the curtain. I know, um, I know. It's got to be super boring for people who actually want to hear about ads. Um, but we usually, we try to like do no more than four. The last few couple, few weeks, we've had like two or three. Um, four is the max. But if you think about like a magazine, so four, if we do yeah. four, we put try to put them together. So there's like 10 or 15 minutes of content. A magazine. Five will, minutes of ads, yeah. another 10 or 15 minutes. So it's kind of like TV. A like magazine will have 50 advertisements, maybe even 100, and they'll have yeah. five articles. I have literally looked through. I've, I don't remember what. And then the, article, like, and I, then the article's an advertisement, too, because they they right. had some poor little pedal company pay for full-page ads so I that think, they could get featured. I think two or three years ago, we took home some... Uh, some guitar magazines from Nam because they give them away. Yeah, yeah. And I literally went through one of them and figured out that if the magazine, the magazine was like 120 pages, I think. And if you had removed all the ads, it would drop the magazine down to less than 50 pages. Right. Like half of the magazine was ads. Right. What I'm saying, Ryan, is we need to like tighten up our ad spots and do so, more. So they take up less time. <laughs> we can do more if we talk about the, each company less. <laughs> 
I don't think we could talk less, Steve. That's why we do this show. <laughs> Speaking of money, we literally uh, no. can't. We literally can't talk less. Oh my gosh, we're only uh, two spots in. I know. We should be done. This is long. I, I mean, I mean, we're we're celebrating our three hundred coming up here. <laughs> we owe it to ourselves to do a little bit of self reflection. We're not even. We're not even doing a drunk episode tonight. No. Should we do one of those for three hundred one? I don't treat, know. Treat everyone. Three hundred was let's, already a no, drunk episode for let's me. Let's do like a New Year's drunk episode or something like that. All right. So any, can we, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this make it a live stream. Th- you got anything else on sponsors and big sponsors and how much it would be interesting to have a gear company offer us ten thousand dollars a month for advertisement and what and having to navigate that water. I mean, you mentioned like you know sixty. Uh, a boss presents 60 cycle hum or some sort of concept like that. I'm not against that concept, but I am against the ideas of those super tight controls you were talking about where like we have someone looking over our shoulders and like, Oh, we didn't like uh, that. You didn't mention the product in this spot or that spot. Like that's unnatural. I don't think anyone in the industry would expect that from us. And I would reject it if that was the case. Right. Even for, even for $10,000 a month. No, no, Oh, not, (sighs) Twenty thousand dollars. If someone is offering us ten thousand dollars a month, someone else will offer us ten thousand dollars a month, and that's kind of my thought on us staying honest and staying ourselves in this whole kind of marketing situation. Is that if there's enough demand for us to fill four mm. sponsor spots in an episode, there's other brands out there that will fill it if we have to say no to someone. It's fair. It's fair. It's versus a magazine, like you were saying, it's going to have hundreds of ads in it. And they're trying to get every single one. They're trying to land every single one right. by doing, you know, you know, here's another <laughs> editor's top pick award because you bought a full page ad or whatever, you know. And I know that's me calling out a specific mag specifically, but it's the same in every mag. Yeah, it's the same program. And we, I think, oh, is there only one magazine that it doesn't matter? And I, th- I think, us running a show with a limited amount of sponsorship space is automatically makes it different than that. All right. Yeah. Uh, this next ad was sent in by Michael Krauss. Um, it's a bass slash guitar cabinet for $120 in Sharon, 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 Sharon. Wow. Sharon You can do it. Steve. This is a seismic audio cabinet. I it bought- must be hard to send mail from share, 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 Sharon It just takes all day to, to write out your address on the envelope. Uh, seismic audio cabinet. I bought it to replace uh, another cabinet, but only used it one X. It was two by twelve cab, but I made it to a five by twelve cab. Evidence Beta A twelve A and Jensen N fifteen slash three hundred wired at four ohms. Speakers are new. Just taking uh, up space now. Asking one hundred twenty dollars OBO. Speakers are worth more than that. Call text phone number. No spam. If it's listed, it's still for sale. Excuse me. How much do you think these go for in new condition? The cabinets go for $200 new. All right. All right. So this guy's, I I feel like this guy's got a fair price work in here for something functionally wise. But what do you think about the craftsmanship on this? Because he's taken a two by 12 and then he's crammed a 15 inch next to one of the 12 inches. And uh, it looks like he cut those, those vents too, those sand ports. Those do not look stock, and there's like sawdust all over the place. But what he's done is because the speak the 15 inch speaker would not fit 
next to the 12, the 12 inch speaker is mounted flush on top of the baffle. Right. And then the the 15 inch speaker is mounted flush on the back side of the baffle. Which is that's the that's pretty crazy. Because they overlap. Like it took me a second looking at it to figure out how you even fit it in there because the edges of the speakers definitely overlap and are probably sharing screws to be held in that spot. Like do you think there's any kind of like negative repercussions for that design? This is cr- kind of crazy. Crazy. I don't think there are. I think um, you think it's fine because I feel like I've seen that kind of mounting in both ways. Like I've seen cabinets speakers mounted in either. It just using doesn't either method. seem like there's enough material between the two speakers. Like, do speakers need to be isolated from each other by a certain oh, amount of material? I, mean, I don't know. Possibly. Like, I don't think it's going to fail or, or like disintegrate or anything like that. But it just seems like this is so crazy. there's gotta be some sort of like technical measurement where people be like oh that, those speakers are too close together and you're gonna get like interference between the speakers or something so yeah so i think i found this actual cab these cabs were 199 dollars brand new that is so they're 199 brand new yeah empty 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 Well, then he's right about the speakers being worth more. The Eminence 12A is a $70 speaker. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, not really that much. Uh, the Jensen N15 300 is on Amazon. Are these base speakers? The in, the I'm not sure if the Beta 12 is. Right. Uh, the Jensen, I'm not finding a price for them because it looks like they're sold out. It's fairly common to mix speaker sizes the in, the, Neo, in the base The Neo world, right? 15 150, um, you can get it for 170, 170 euros from Tube Amp Doctor. That sounds like if you're um, looking for these speakers, then you can buy them for de- a decent price with this ad. Um, but the, the, ca- the, 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 the craftsmanship on the cab is just kind of sucky. Like he didn't even cut a round hole. Yeah, for the 15 yeah. inch speaker, it's it's all kinds of sketchy, and it looks like he used one of those drywall circle cutters for the sound ports that he put in there. Um, but what do you think about combining a 12 inch with a 15 inch? Is that a semi normal thing to do with basses? Does that get you anywhere with bass guitar? Um. So I'm actually looking at this. This is this is Steve's not too busy googling to give me an opinion. Yeah. So the beta. So interestingly, actually, the beta 12A is uh, a professional audio and bass guitar application. The 15 inch speaker, being a Jensen, it's an ultralight uh, Jensen 15 for guitar application. So this is actually flipped. That's a guitar amp. It's a guitar speaker. A guitar and speaker. A bass, like the smaller speaker is a more commonly a bass, a bass speaker. That's wild. I wonder what the the thinking there was, was co- with combining these. Because this guy no went to pretty serious effort to combine these so, two. Though that being said. He wanted these speakers together in the, the same box. Um, the, I don't know how this can be a bass speaker because the usable frequency range only goes down to 43 hertz. Which means you're not even getting all of low E. I'm pretty sure low E is lower than 43 hertz. I don't know. I don't know how bass guitar works. I don't know how frequencies work. Interesting. 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 
that is a weird combination though, right? Like I wonder what this person was doing. Yeah. Um, I think I, I wonder if these, this guy just had speakers on hand or, um, or like something like that. Like there's just speakers on hand yeah. or maybe he found a way to get them cheap. What would you offer for this? Are you fine with 120 or you think you would go lower or you think you would go higher, Steve? You think you would be like, so the not situation, enough, sir. The situation where, you know, I think you're looking at something like this is if you were friends with uh, Cassidy. Our friend Cassidy. And you basically, basically wanted two separate cabinets. Right. Like if you had plans for these speakers in two separate cabinets and then maybe you knew enough about woodworking to replace that baffle and restore it back to a two by 12. Now maybe this is worth $120. Right. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, there, he's going to make the argument that, well, the speakers are new and they're worth more than $120, but it's he like, he should just part them out. Just if he's sell the speakers argument. at that yeah. point, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, if I'm, if I'm local and I'm like, well, actually, uh, I, I guess I do need like, if I wanted either of these speakers and maybe I get one of them and then try to sell the other and call it like a, a, you know, a, a half, a semi flip. Sure. Um, or if I had like maybe a guitar cabinet, Here's my- assuming that I, I'm really bad at understanding bass frequencies, which is definitely possible. Right. Um, because I know that there's a whole thing with like, well, it's not about how low the speaker goes. It's how it responds to like everything around that. So it's like, even though it only goes to 43 Hertz, if it has a really good response between like 40 and 80 Hertz or 40 and like 120 Hertz, then it's still going to be better for bass than like a speaker that maybe it goes down to 30 Hertz, but it has like a really bad response curve. Yeah. Here, uh, here's my pitch for this cab. Yeah. You get this cab, uh, you do a little minor surgery on it. Two input jacks on it. Then you throw some quilter heads on there. One for you, one for the bass player. Guitar and bass through the same cab. Ugh, it's gonna make your like it's gonna make your idea. gig load ins so much easier. I mean that's true. Or like you're one of these guys who puts two bass strings on a guitar and plays bass and guitar. So you're and, in precedence and splits the signal. Uh, I was thinking local H and split, local, uh, local splits H. the signal from the guitar into a bass signal and guitar signal. One cab for your uh, bass guitar rig there. Or you've got one of those double necks, bass on top, guitar on bottom. There you go. One cab. Mm-hmm. I think that's the real purpose of this situation here. This episode was brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio, makers of pedals that are more creative than you are. And yes, that is a personal attack, and you should feel attacked. Uh, But you can earn your way, you can fight your way into a more creative place in your life by going out and purchasing a Chase Bliss pedal. (laughs) Now that we've talked about our place in advertising and marketing, now I feel like I'm going to go full shill. (laughs) Um, If you're looking for a a drive pedal that works doubly well as a fuzz or distortion. If you're looking for a, an all around EQ preamp pedal, uh, a tremolo, a chorus delays, reverbs, uh, mood swingers, not a flanger, not a flanger. Don't ask. No, lo- also no longer a generation loss. <laughs> that was um, limited. They only, they sold it out in like a day or something. Go ahead all and over to chase bliss. Get on their mailing list. Yes. Um, 
And uh, that way you don't even have to listen. You can like skip this ad because you're on the mailing list. So you're going to get the news, their news faster than we can give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. So fast. Yeah. So fast. It's going to hurt. All right. This next topic uh, is called when do guitars become basses? We've been doing a lot of bass content here. When does a guitar become a bass and a bass become a guitar? I'm thinking big, long baritone guitars and six string basses. Well, you see, son, your guitar has been going through changes. You might have noticed. It's getting longer, deeper. Your guitar is becoming a bass. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think it really comes down to uh, the application. Because I could take a guitar and down tune it a bit and roll back the tone and uh, fake some bass sounds in a recording if I want to. And in that application, I'm using it as a bass. Right. I think it. I think it's not just um i mean you know it's tough because i don't want to say like oh it's just the role it fits because, but you know uh because i guess like like slap bass and like funk bass like bass in a lot of like pop like that kind of like fast attacking sound like um tends to function where in in higher registries a lot better like the like players who play those kinds of styles tend to play higher up on the neck with the higher strings. Right. Maybe they play six strings and they're going for like really percussive tones on the high notes. Um, and now they're getting into the same ranges that like you get on the low end of a guitar, which I get, you know, sure. saying, saying like a six string bass or you know, a baritone those, or a baritone on the, on the yeah. coming the other way. But a baritone is actually its own thing, right? Like a baritone is like, we call it a baritone guitar. But I guess we all, you know, we also call it a bass guitar, right? So is guitar just the thing? And the thing is, is like you have guitar, and then you have above it, you have tenor guitar. Yeah, I mean, we think we think of a bass as a completely thing, different thing than a guitar, but it's a guitar. Like it's in a, the guitar family, it's, right? It's not so far divorced from guitar that it couldn't possibly be a guitar. Like you can do short scale guitars that feel closer to a regular guitar, and then, like you said, you move down to. T- tenor guitars and things like that and and in that case like i don't even know like i'm thinking about vocal ranges is i don't even know what you would call guitar like what is that in a vocal range i'm only familiar with like well the, i think it covers a, a the couple ranges common vocal ranges is that what why because it's kind of like in between baritone and tenor so it's just guitar no right right no modifier right well i think it no it covers a variety of vocal ranges doesn't it Sure, but yeah. I'm, so you wouldn't say like, oh, here's a soprano guitar because it covers more than sopr- the soprano range. I know that. The, but I'm saying like, I don't know. Took, I don't know the actual like call out of the the spacing on you know musical notation that you know these different designations have. But I imagine a guitar covers a pretty wide gamut. Right, but so does a bar like a baritone guitar covers almost the sure. same gamut except for what the top five I'd, five notes. I wonder if the title baritone guitar is and tenor guitar is more just like we don't know what else to call it. <laughs> it's a bigger one, so let's call it a baritone. Does it actually fill the note range of you know what is classically considered baritone? Does a tenor guitar actually, you know? represent that note range i don't know these are answer these are questions that 
can't be answered. People don't have answers. There for is them. a company called Lone Tree that makes a soprano guitar, and the soprano guitar is tuned A to A. All right. Um, which so it has the body size of a baritone ukulele and tuned with the same intervals of a guitar at a fifth higher register. So it's A to A. Isn't that just the same as putting a capo on the fifth fret? Yeah. So I guess I don't really. But that's kind of that's ukulele tuning. So you basically have a git uke, you know. So now I'm. Just, git, I guess the problem lay-lay. is is that I don't really understand. No, I know tenor guitars usually only have four strings. Let's just call ukulele soprano guitars. Tenor guitars have four strings. Why don't we call ukulele a soprano guitar? Because ukuleles have that retrograde, or what do they call it, like retro tuning? I forget. There's a term for it. Right. The high string is uh, is a higher octave. Yeah. Not, not, no, the, the, uh, what would be the G string on a guitar is a higher octave. Right. Whereas what I'm, de- again, what I'm describing here is, right. is what they're calling a soprano guitar is, it's the opposite of a baritone. Sure. A baritone goes a fifth, a fourth down, a fifth down. Right. You just got more notes low, baritone. More notes, no, more notes low. Sopranos, less notes. We're talking low. about long guitars, medium guitars, medium long guitars, short guitars, and baby guitars. That's what we're talking about here. I don't remember the the ta- oh when do guitars become bass? Yeah. I still say that it's when you play them as a bass. You throw an octave pedal on there. You roll the tone back. You play bass parts. You're playing bass. You've used you know technology for, to get you there, but extra confusion. Ibanez sells a piccolo guitar that's the same tuning as the soprano guitar, but a piccolo is just like a tiny flute. Right, right. I here's my pitch. It's not about the note range because people are playing bass notes on all these extended scale scale guitars now, eight string guitars and whatnot. But they're playing them as guitars. It's about the tonality that you play with. Right. It's a. It's about the the low EQ range. If you're playing the boom, 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 that's bass. Mm-hmm. If you're playing, I can't even mimic an extended range guitar, like a genty sort of thing. That's not bass guitar. That's a that's a style of guitar playing. Like sure. there's, there's it's, it's a style. There's bass style playing, and then there's a uh, low guitar style playing. No, I, and I think that's I think that's probably a big part of it, um, and also like in I think a lot of those like Genty style bands or like bands that drop tune, everyone's drop tuning, right? So while the you know your seven string guitar or your baritone or whatever, your s- seven string fan fret blah 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 is drop tuning to like drop A, so is your bass. So while the guitar is dropping into the traditional bass range. The bass is dropping into a non-traditional bass range. Right. Um, is it really that non-traditional versus, you know, like four-string bass versus five-string bass? Like, you're still getting super low. Yeah, I mean, a, a drop a, if you're in drop A, you are um, a f- whole note lower than a five-string. One whole note. That's not extreme or crazy. Like Extreme! Like you, I could grab any one of my guitars and turn tune it a, a whole note lower, and it wouldn't like throw me off too hard it's basically drop tuning you know so i don't feel like you're down tuning a four string bass to be a 
is that crazy compared to a five-string bass that's tuned down a whole note. And people do drop C and drop C sharp and stuff like yeah. that too. I don't know. I don't really, you know, I, I think it's a lot about approach. When are we like going to start making guitars over over again. go higher? Everyone's Everyone's been dropping Hamer had those. For, Hamer for decades. had those uh, twenty-seven fret guitars. Yeah, um, I'm saying like I want a, I want one of those Ed Sheeran guitars that's just three frets. At what point are you just? Uh, oh gosh, at what point are you at the just the limit of the materials? Like how much? Sure. How much higher? Like how thin does a guitar string have to be for you to be able to put enough tension on it for it to go higher than? Well, Whatever. I think I think in that kind of range, once you exceed the physical abilities of the material, then you start throwing octave pedals on there. I mean, I can sure. I can uh, go two octaves higher with my pitchfork, or with you know settings on the HX Stomp. You know, mm-hmm. I could layer uh, octave settings on the HX Stomp and go like so high that only dogs can hear me. So this is. You're talking about octave pedals and totally off subject. Um, the shim verb on my Alexander Golden Summer, uh-huh. when I use it on bass on like the lowest notes, yeah, uh, because it's doubling like an octave higher or for the shimmer, you can't tell it's there. <laughs> like it just blends in. So if I'm trying to play shim verb, like I have to play uh, above the D like the 12th fret on the D string. Like right. I have to get up into that range. Let's, uh, let's hit this last ad and get out of here. Hold on, we got some housekeeping. Oh, dude. housekeeping. Uh, we got, are we going to use the box this time? We are going to use the box. Hand me that box. Here we go. Well, heads up. There's my, there's me. Was the marker in there? Did the marker drop? Uh, the markers over here. Give me the marker. Oh, I got the bag over here. I got a bag. All ready to go. Yeah, uh, so this first one at the $1 level is Jason Weiser. If you want to support the show, get on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast. Um, and then at the $10 level is Andrew, like Madonna, one name only. Uh, thanks, Andrew, supporting the, like for your, supporting the show at the Inner Circle level. I like your style, Andrew. If you haven't already, uh, find one of us on Facebook, and we will get you into uh, the Inner Circle Facebook group, the Behind the Scenes group. I'm gonna, um, we're going to send you some Ortega stuff that I got from 42 Gear Street. First of all, this capo. Okay. And then a 30-foot cable with, like, the, the pop thing on it so it doesn't pop when you employ it. Man, that, will that actually fit in that bag? Yes, it will fit in the bag. Well, there we go. And it says Andrew on there, so you know it's for you. Yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get it out pretty soon. I've got some plans. I, I got to catch up on shipping as soon as I get an actual weekend off. We got more junk in there that we're tr- trying to get rid it's of. It's not junk. It's quality materials that of, we are over inundated with. It's a bunch of cables and straps and stuff. And little little fun gizmos that you might need. Um, 30-foot cable. Imagine what you do with a 30-foot cable, Andrew. You're going to love it. This last ad was set by Brett Michael Purvis. It's a 1950 Vester guitar made by Gibson Gretsch case make reasonable offer fifteen thousand dollars i couldn't figure out if these were made by gibson or gretch like that's a wild like thing to say right there has the case oh the case oh, okay or the vester made by gibson gretch case is what he's saying i don't he know needs a, he needs a comma there man 
Vester guitar made by Gibson Gretsch case. What is he trying to say? It, it felt like he was trying to say this guitar was made by Gibson and then the case is made by Gretsch. It's pretty confusing. But I don't... Are, were Vester guitars made by Gibson? I don't think they were. No, Vester was a musical instrument manufacturer specializing in... This is from Wikipedia. Wikistevia over here. Uh, formed as part of the Samuel Music Company based in Illinois. Uh, Vester is perhaps best known for their good quality Korean electric and acoustic guitars. Um... This guy is smoking crack if he thinks he's going to get $15,000 for this. Well, so the thing that's like, first thing that's like totally goofy about. I just want to say, I'm not trying to belittle people who smoke crack. Is um, he says it's a Gibson or Gretsch from 1950. And I don't even think this style of guitar was made by any company in 1950. Right. right. No, he's, he's, he's completely out of his mind if oh man i keep feeling bad about the things i'm saying uh this person is is flat out wrong if he thinks these guitars were made in 1950 <laughs> i mean this was an 80s brand right i mean let alone the i don't body. even think this is actually it look, doesn't seem like this is even an 80s brand um this was like vester uh was maybe no, because um, I late eighties, like it was an eighties, eighty seven, and they were still in manufacturing in the early nineties. Late eighties is still eighties, and I looked up, I looked up Vester on eBay to see what else I could find. I found a bunch of super strats. Yeah, and I found this one that I think is really fun. It's got like this pinwheel airbrushed graphic on it. It looks like a big lollipop. Yeah, and it's all radiating from the volume knob. I think it looks cool. And this was a thing, you know, that you pointed out when we were when we were prepping this is that and it's pointed out in the Wikipedia article that that uh Vester guitars w- were specifically an attempt to capitalize on the success of Jackson and ESP. Oh yeah, it's totally like a Jackson And rip. this is yeah, this it's is even very got, Jackson. It's got the shark fin inlays and everything. And you know, this is this is more of like a, a dinky style. Yeah. Super strat. Uh, three knobs, three switches for each pickup. Totally like an 80s hair metal shredder sort of concept here. I didn't see any of these uh, semi-hollows from Vester on eBay. Um, but I saw a few pop up just on a, like a general Google search. Mm-hmm. None of them were close to 15000 No, they're probably... <laughs> nothing. I, I s- feel like the most you would ever pay for a Vester is like two fifty. I, I There was some stuff... That popped up in the Google search that was like four fifty or whatever. I think certain makes and models fetch a little bit more, but yeah, it's like yeah, I'm seeing like some of these Ibanez copies on Reverb for like three eighty. Yeah, I've also seen one of their like five string basses for one hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, you can pick this stuff. Up Here's super a Vester cheap. Model Seven Hundred, which is the semi hollow on Reverb for four seventy five. I have no idea if this stuff is any good. I've never played it. This is the first I've heard of this brand. So, I mean, buyer beware. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. Try it out, I guess. If I saw this in a pawn shop, I'd for sure pick pick it up and test it out for a little bit. There's, it's. I mean, it's a nice-looking guitar, but I will say um, I remember this about Vester. I like the headstock. Look at their logo, though. That logo looks so lazy. It looks Christian. It's got a, the T cross. It looks like it could oh, be like a sti- I see what you're saying. It looks like it could be a sticker you buy at freaking uh, C28 or whatever it is, like the, <laughs> the Christian Hot Topic. 
It, now I see what you, yeah. I, I just, like the, I like this jet inlay thing. Oh, is there. that what that is? I thought it was, I'm, I, I see a tulip. It looks like a tulip too. It's probably more like a tulip than a jet, but I saw a jet. Um, you know, if these are made in Korea, they, it said that. Send me, send me some screen grabs of that if you can, or send me the link. Ooh, I can send you the link. Is it on reverb? It's on reverb. Yeah, share me the link so I can make sure I get that. Because that's a cool example. It. What were you going to say? It's super fun when we're just quiet as you're know, doing fun stuff. Um, fun what I was stuff. saying is, like, I remember that brand. I That script just looks so lazy to me. Yeah. Oh, um, it's a bad. It's not a great design. It looks super sloppy. It looks like someone sketched it out on pencil. And they're like, well, this is our logo. And the person doing the inlays is like, you sure? You, you really want that? As yep, that's the logo. I drew it out. It's good. Like it. That's the creative process I see for that. Well, I, it's logo. not even that. I, I the creative. That's way more than I was thinking. Because the creative process I see for that is, uh, you know, the guy who's running this company is like, I got this idea for a new company. We're gonna call it Vester. And he's got his chalkboard. He's got his chalkboard back there. And he's just like. All right, guys, we got Vester, so I'm gonna put I'm gonna put uh, Vester on the chalkboard. And he writes it down, and he goes like, uh, puts an underline on it, and he says, "What kind of guitars do we want? What companies do we want like to make similar to?" And he starts writing those down. Then afterwards, like somebody takes a Polaroid of it, and then they sends it to the marketing department. Is like, well, how do we bridge all this together? And the marketing department's like, well, first we need like a logo. And then they look you at the picture. Have a logo. And then they look at the picture, and they're like, "Ah, we'll just like where the guy wrote, where like the head of like the guitars division wrote Vester, like that script. We'll just turn that into an inlay, right? Like it's just somebody's handwriting. Sure, they it's their handwriting on a whiteboard that they just like did behind their back. Yeah, like it's gonna be Vester, guys." It looks very like borderline. <laughs> is, Vester, is Vester short for Investor? I don't know. It's like some kind of like, is that a Sans font? I didn't really look that close. No, it's like a hand. Are there serifs? It's like Did a you hand see any font. Serifs? They were trying to do like the Fender hand noodle. Look. Oh, maybe that's why I hate it. Yeah, they tried and failed to do that. Yeah, yeah. it's like the Uncanny Valley. That's what it is. It's an Uncanny Valley logo. <laughs> You know, you okay, for real, like, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, there's certain logos where you look at it and you're like, something's just not right. Right, right. Post them in the comments. Sure. I want to hear what your Uncanny Valley logos are. Um, <laughs> That's the weirdest. Do you got anything out. else on this? No, let's get out of here. All right, this last song was sent by Joe Thomas. Uh, well, he says, hey, guys, been wanting to send this for a while. Uh, the band is called The Show Offs. The song is called Redline. Uh, I hope... There we go. We're I hope that's, yeah, here we go. You think we would? Well, you did a call this. out a, a recently, and like when people just sent, "Here's a song," and then they put like band name, song title. I'm like, wait, you, you sent us your music, right? You didn't just pull this off, of the right? CD. Right. Oh, what I did is in a. Uh... I like it. Of course, I do.
this fast. <laughs> they certainly are good at being loud. No, I, I like that. No, that uh, was fun. I mean, it crossed some genres for me. It ticked some boxes. You know what that reminded me like of? Though? Surfy stuff. That reminded stuff. me of, but without being like super uh, niche, is um, the Phenomenauts. Oh, yeah. It totally has a, a bit of a Phenomenauts vibe to it. Cool, cool song, guys. Yeah, thanks for sending. Stay grounded. Bye. <laughs>